You're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges a chance to stand out from the rest. Whether you've dealt with physical issues, overcome tremendous traumas, or deal with mental health challenges on a daily basis, in a judgment-free zone, we share your story of adapting and overcoming to stand out from the rest. I'm the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, and this is the Sit Down Standout Show. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast that gives people with all abilities and challenges the chance to stand out from the rest, even if you have to sit down to do it. And as we get started with the month of February, or as we enter our second week, and we talk about how love can often be in the air, and we talk about relationships, my guest has had a very unique journey from being an Olympic-level gymnast, while at the same time, struggling with her own mental health issues, and dealing with the challenges of living with a port wine stained birthmark. Ladies and gentlemen, she enjoys yoga, being an advocate for healthy eating as a vegan. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Savannah Reynolds. Savannah, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've actually been wanting to talk to you for about a year, but we were never able to establish uh, any time for us to get together. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy to be here now. Well, I'm happy to have you here now. Now, I've read your profile over several times to make sure that I've got this right, but for a long time, you dealt with a lot of mental health issues due to feeling angry and misunderstood growing up. Can you explain a little bit as to why? Sure. I think that I've always been a very sensitive person. Even as a child, I've been very empathic and kind of being aware and sensitive to what other people were going through and not really being able to talk about it or address it, kind of just taking it on. And so that kind of led to me feeling angry. Like, why are these people acting this way? Why is there so much stress and anger and frustration? And like, where's the play and where's the joy and where's the fun? So yeah, that that was happening. And then with my birthmark, I kind of felt like something was different about me from a really early age. And I didn't get made fun of t- too much in school, but there was a little bit of that. So that just kind of piled on top of the rest. And yeah, just had some some angry feelings towards people and and life in general. Well, I mean, I could totally understand that growing up and feeling like, okay, there's something different about me, but I'm not sure whether that's good or bad, because I'm too young to understand that. Mm. Right. And uh, And being empathic, for those who don't know what that means, that means that uh, you feel other people's emotions a lot stronger than others. Like, for instance, when someone you don't even know passes away, you feel bad for the families of those that have lost a loved one. That's really what being an empathic means, is you feel a lot stronger about emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, growing up and maybe having family who were stressed about money or stressed about whatever, like it was their stress, but I felt it so strongly. I think that's also what being empathic is like 
any sort of emotion that is going on around you, you're taking on and you can feel it in your body, even though it's not yours. Right. And to hold it in is definitely not the healthiest thing you can do. But as a child, it's very weird that we don't know that it's okay to talk about it with people because it's kind of built into our culture to be like, don't show your feelings. Otherwise, people will make fun of you and take advantage of it. It's very weird. Right. And um, well, one author who I really like is Brene Brown. And she talks a lot about vulnerability actually being a strength and being open enough to talk about your feelings and talk about your struggles is really what helps you connect to yourself and the people around you. So I like that. (laughs) Right. And one way that we can help deal with our own emotions, our mental health, is by focusing on diet. Now, you've been a vegan now for about six years. Uh, Can you kind of talk about the experience to discovering that you were comfortable as a vegan? Oh, sure. So I went vegan in 2016. And of course, prior to that, I had been struggling with uh, my emotional health and mental health and a lot of depression and um, just eating. Like, honestly, I was eating fast food every day. And drinking Starbucks, like Frappuccinos every day. And I felt so like, just not good. Um, And then I got into meditation and yoga. And that really started helping me feel better. And then I ended up coming across like some factory farm footage. And I was like, Oh, wow, I think I want to go vegan. So I started eating like whole foods, plant-based. So lots of grains and legumes, fruits, vegetables, and started getting in the kitchen and started cooking. And I just started feeling a lot more empowered, like taking my health into my own hands. And yeah, that was in 2016 and I'm still vegan. (laughs) Well, good for you for realizing that you needed to make that change because I think it often takes people until... I don't know that they wind up having a serious health problem to know that they need to make a change. And we also would like to point out that just because you saw some farm footage that made you realize, okay, look at all how how terrible the animals are treated. Look at how the meat is filled with fillers and stuff like that. That is not the case for every farmer. That is not the case for every person that raises livestock. That varies from person to person. Yeah, and I always say, like, it's more the industry, like the the big factory farms where they're just churning the animals out, and I that's what I'm avoiding. Like, that's what I don't contribute to. And I just, I don't need animals in general, you know? But I think it's people's choices to do what they feel is right for them. Right. And like one thing I point out frequently on our show is just because something might work for you doesn't mean that they will work for every listener on our show. So it's important that you do your own research and try things. Mm-hmm. And speaking of exercises and trying things, uh, growing up, you were an Olympic level gymnast and you also started taking up yoga and meditation to deal with your mental health challenges. Can you talk about your experience as an athlete? Sure. 
So, you know, like I kind of pointed to, I felt pretty isolated as a kid. And, but something that my parents really wanted to make sure that like me, my brother and my sister got into was sports so that we could like, I don't know, feel strong and be active and kind of like feel accomplishment in a sense. So I started training when I was about like six or seven. And then by the time I was nine, I was in the gym like four days a week, three hours, um, like three or four hours. Um, and then that's when like, I don't know, the perfectionism started. And I, I was like, yeah, I got to win. I got to train. I got to do this like real young, like nine. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, but it really like forced me to have a super intense relationship with my body because I was doing kind of like acrobatics and dance and gymnastics, like all in the same sport. So I did that until I was 16. And yeah, I mean, it was, I'm really glad I was able to do that because not many people can say that they were like on the national team and they got to travel and they got to compete. But yeah, it, it was kind of like further isolating because it was a very, very competitive sport. So there wasn't much team building going on. Um, it was kind of just like, oh, the individual, whoever is the best wins type of thing. So that was interesting. <laughs> well, I guess that makes sense because a lot of times when you're training on an Olympic level, they want you to be in your own zone, so focused on whatever you're trying to complete, whether it's a gymnastic trick, figure skating, ice skating. They want you to be in your own kind of headspace to focus on the performance versus a game of football where it's like the whole game depends on the team player. And I think maybe that's what originally your parents were thinking of when you were young was, okay, we got to get our kids active to keep them in healthy shape. And I think depending on the sport that you choose, they can help you form relationships with other people. Right. And, and this was not that. And also I was, um, when I got to like the national and elite level, I was usually the youngest on the team. So that the girls were like two or three years older than me. So that was further isolating. Um, yeah. And I, I wonder what it would have been like if I had like done soccer or basketball or volleyball or some sort of team sport, like it would have been totally different. Um, but I am really grateful because like in my adulthood, I had to relearn how to form relationships with other people. I had to relearn, um, like healthy empathy and I had to relearn uh, patience and had to kind of like let go of my perfectionism so I could be friends and be in relationships with other people. So yeah, it's definitely been a journey. <laughs> right. Because you can't expect per perfection from everyone that you run into because uh, even though sure people will say that they expect the best from everybody at a competitive level, you can't expect that from a human experience level at all. Right. And I didn't understand that. <laughs> I had to learn that. <laughs> well, I mean, because you're ingrained in the idea of perfectionism at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Now, you said you stopped at 16. Mm -hmm. Why was that? You know what? 
I had been struggling with, um, I was trigger warning, like eating disorder, um, being very, I've always been a foodie and I've loved food and I've wanted to taste food and experience it and cook it. And like, um, but my, my coaches were so like, Hey, you got to have a flat tummy and you got to look good. And so I, I wasn't really eating very much. And that was a real bummer. And I also, I wanted to go to school cause I was homeschooled cause I trained so much. And the like being trying to form relationships with other people in school was too much for me. So in sixth grade, I said, please, mom and dad, pull me out of school. Please let me be homeschooled. <laughs> and so they did. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I, I feel like I really need to start building relationships with people. So I decided to quit gymnastics and start, you know, I, I, the relationship with food didn't really improve. I just started like eating junk food. Right. <laughs> so, and um, I, I didn't have the tools to navigate high school as a 16 year old. Um, but I did my best. And, and that was just the choice I made. Like, I didn't want to continue my gymnastics career. I kind of just wanted to have a normal life or as normal as possible. And so that's, that's what I decided. Well, that that's interesting because you wanted a normal life to go to high school like everybody else and make friends, but because you hadn't had it when it was in front of you, you couldn't handle it in the beginning. That's right. <laughs> so it's almost like when you're a little kid and you go from being with mom all day to going to kindergarten for the first time. Yeah, and you, that's that's intense. That's some uh, that's some pretty sensitive stuff right there. Yeah. So. When you were going through your anxiety and you were not feeling very well mentally, did any of the training that you had had in gymnastics help or did it just remind you of bad memories? No, it, it wasn't bad memories. Um, I think it, it did keep me strong, but it was, it was more of just like, um, there was still that kind of idea of like, I'm better than you. Like somehow I thought that I was better than everybody else because I lived my life a certain way. And I was just trying, that's kind of like, I still am dealing with it today. Like, I don't think I'm better than anybody else, but there's that voice in the back of my head that says, you've got to do things a certain way or you're a villain. You've got to do certain things a certain way or you're bad. And I'm like, ah, I'm just trying to navigate life as a human. What do I do? <laughs> so the gymnastics definitely like created some sort of like, I don't know, personality within me. That's not entirely me. You know what I mean? Right. It created a, a second personality. Yeah, a little bit. Like, you, go, you go from being this very nice, very bubbly person. And then when you're, doing your gymnastics you're like i'm going to uh crush you guys and because i competed at an olympic level uh what have you done right that, that, that's just the competitive edge that the coaches drill in you to try to be your best and that for years because you trained that's hard to get rid of right it is and, and yeah go ahead and you mentioned that you had discovered yoga and meditation mm -hmm. 
to try to help with your mental health issues. Can you kind of compare mm -hmm. working out from your Olympic training days or your mm -hmm. Olympic level yeah. training to simply going deep breath, meditation, mm -hmm. yoga? Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then, register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story. Totally different. It's totally different because I feel like the, the yoga practice is very much like you're going inside and you're following the breath. It's just about the breath. And then when you're holding a pose, you're holding it, you're opening, you're allowing yourself to like sink into the posture. And it's just about the present moment. It's not about winning. It's not about achievement. It's just about like, what am I cultivating during this practice, like within me? And that's, that's really all it's about, like that, the union between body, mind and spirit. It's not a competitive thing, you know? Right. Because with the Olympic level training, you were so focused on trying to build the best physical version of yourself to try to win the contests, win the events, perform better than anybody else versus with yoga. You're trying to basically focus so much on just, I am in downward dog. Nothing mm -hmm. else matters at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I think yoga can be so helpful for whether you do it or not. I mean, it varies from person to person, but if you're just looking to forget about everything, just close your eyes, take a deep breath of fresh outdoor air. You never know what that can do for you. It's so true. Yeah, just even... I'll catch myself not breathing sometimes still. And the moment I begin to breathe again, it's like, oh, whoa. I'm able to just let go of any emotional stuff that's weighing on me with the breath. Right. And we want to point out that while yoga may not work for everybody, it costs you nothing to look it up and try to understand, okay, Maybe just once a day, take a breath, close your eyes, try to not worry about anything. Just go outside, sit on the deck, and just take in the fresh air. You don't have to be a professional yogi to try to improve your life at all. Yes, totally. And anybody really can, really can just take a moment, close their eyes, take a breath. It really doesn't right. cost you anything. No, air is free. It is. <laughs> So we talked about how due to the fact that you were training so much and you were homeschooled, that it was difficult for you to establish relationships with other people. How much of the relationship challenges were associated with your birthmark? Um, I think it was something that was constantly on my mind. Like, oh, shoot, I have a birthmark. I have a birthmark right now and I'm training without makeup and everybody can see me and I'm super self-conscious. So I think that was a big one because it was something that weighed on me that 
created like a further separation and divide between myself and other people because I was in shame. Um, and yeah, in sixth grade, like when I first got into middle school and I wasn't homeschooled yet, I wore makeup every single day. And um, even to the gym, like when I would go to train at certain gyms, I would wear makeup because I was afraid that people wouldn't like me or people would judge me. So yeah, there was just so much fear and uh, like inferiority too. So that was kind of hard to build uh, authentic relationships with people. And how has that changed over the years? Because I remember last time when I tried to get you on our show the first time, and I suggested that we talk about your birthmark to raise awareness for people who are struggling with it, you were not ready to talk about it. What has changed uh, since that time? Because I think it was a year ago. Yeah, I think it was a year ago. And um, well, I, I think it was in um, around 20, 2018 that I stopped wearing makeup entirely. And since then, I've just been becoming more and more comfortable with myself and with my birthmark. And now I'm like, I love it. It's great. A lot of times I don't think about it. And then when I catch it, I'm like, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. I love it. Um, so I think it's just been time, like letting myself have more time to process. And now I feel good about talking about it and also just kind of. Um, I don't know, encouraging people who are struggling with self, um, like that self-confidence, being right. able to walk out without makeup if they're doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just had to put myself in the discomfort and do it and walk around without makeup, even though on the inside I was like... Well, I absolutely love that because whether it's a port wine stain birthmark, a strawberry birthmark, some scars from an injury years ago, it takes time for anyone to build up that confidence to be able to do that kind of thing. And it also comes with a certain level of maturity. And due to the fact that you had fewer experiences with people growing up, it might have taken you a little bit longer. But what was what's important is that you got there. So as we're talking about helping to build confidence and trying to inspire others who may be dealing with a Port Weinstein birthmark, what advice would you offer to anyone in a similar situation? Mm, what advice would I offer? I think that part of it might be like having a safe space to be with yourself and your birthmark. like looking like looking in the mirror somewhere you feel comfortable and just like practicing the self-love even if you don't feel it maybe doing the affirmations like i love my birthmark i love myself i am confident and just kind of like sitting and then when those feelings arise and those thoughts arise just kind of being with them and really getting an idea of where you're at and and maybe finding like a support group or um, like people who also have birthmarks to talk to. I don't know. Right. And that may take more time for others than it will for other people. It may take less time, may take more time. Mm -hmm. And also remember, 
give yourself grace if you feel subconscious about it because number one we never ask for stuff like this so we can't really control it and number two everyone else that's if they shame you if they give you a hard time that's their opinion and it's them that have the deeper problem it's not you yeah it is it's true um anything that anyone says about you I, at least for me i just kind of have to again take a deep breath and let it go and just focus on my own journey my own journey of self-love and acceptance right and we only get the one journey so focusing on ours is the, probably the most important mm -hmm. <laughs> So you've been achieving quite a bit lately from what I've been able to follow on your pages. You've had a lot of videos where you're cooking vegan style, and you've also got your own podcast going a little bit. Uh, can you talk about who inspires you for most of your goals? Who inspires me <laughs> for most of my goals? I think that a lot of what I want to do comes from... Um, I don't know, the state of the world and just trying to show up as the best version of myself and make a difference, you know, for, for the people who are struggling with healthy eating, who want to learn how to cook, want to be for, there for them. With the podcast, it's called Raise the Light. And it really is just, at least for me, coming from like, what I would consider like, kind of a, a dark past with the anger and the inferiority and feeling misunderstood and kind of bringing that to light and also encouraging like myself and others to get outdoors and breathe and do these things that can help us feel better. I think that's a big inspiration. Um, and as far as my goals, I'm still figuring out who my, ins my inspirations are. Because at this point, it's kind of everyone, everybody and the whole like life experience jumbled together, inspiring me to be and do these things. <laughs> right. I totally hear you because over the course of your life, you're going to take a little something away from everybody as you form your own complete person. Yes. And speaking of raising the light, how can people find all of your content or reach out to you if they have a question? Oh, you can definitely reach out to me on my Instagram, which is savannah.underscore.ray. Um, you can find my podcast, Raise the Light, um, or you can email me, um, but probably go through Instagram and then I can give you my email. But yeah, I'd love to take any questions and be there as a support. Well, we'll have links to all your social media in our show notes below. Savannah Reynolds, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute ray of sunshine. Oh, Ben, and thank you. I really appreciate you and all the work you're doing. Until next time, keep calm and roll on.